Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. All right, Dylan Neilis, my fellow Massapequin. Welcome to Footwork. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys taking this uh, opportunity, having me on. Forgot so, that you guys were both Massapequa alone. Yeah, yeah, Massapequa. Strong Island, baby. Strong Island, is right. <laughs> uh, you know. But Dylan, our motto here at at, uh, at Footwork is make your own path, meaning to not be held to the normal routes, the nine to fives, doing what fulfills you. Now, what does making your own path mean to you? Yeah, uh, that's a pretty interesting question. You know, and I think in the U.S., it's you know, there's there's a lot of ways to to kind of make it to to where you want to be. Um, for me, it's you know playing academy and you know uh, taking that the college college route. You know, playing college soccer, college football. Um, you know, it's, it's you're seeing nowadays that many guys are are doing taking different paths. You know, playing academy, signing homegrown deals, or playing academy and making the jump overseas. But um, you know, to me, I think. I think I chose the right path at the end of the day. That's kind of where it got, got me to where I am now. Um, you know, I played Academy for BW Gachi till I was about, you know, 17 and then, uh, got recruited to go to go play college, college balls, college soccer, um, ended up at Georgetown. Um, and then I got drafted, you know, in the MLS draft. I, I know to maybe a lot of Europeans that, that kind of, that, that pathway kind of seems a little odd. Um, but I think it kind of propelled, propelled my career, you know, I think playing playing college soccer is is a is different than what people may think. Um, if you're not familiar with that system, but um, you know it's a competitive league, a lot of athletes, um, different different type of soccer, um, and honestly, pretty similar to MLS. You know, um, but I think MLS has definitely grown. There's a lot of special younger guys coming to the league, even older, experienced guys. But um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of my path. Um, it's probably not being as common now, but I'm definitely happy I took it and, you know, going to keep it going. Absolutely. And so how's it going right now? Where are you? How does it feel to be back, I guess, in the hometown? And uh, how's the season going? Yeah, so I'm in my third year in MLS. Um, kind of a, a crazy three years, to be honest. Uh, started in Miami, got drafted um, to enter Miami um, in 2020. And then played a full year there. Even that year was weird with COVID. Um, you know, we stopped playing. And then we had that whole MLS back tournament where all the teams came together um, and played in Orlando and Disney World. Um, and then coming into preseason, my second year, I was with Miami and then just got a, a message or, you know, someone just told me, hey, go go speak with uh, Phil Neville. Phil Neville was the new, the new manager. Um, and I thought it was, just, you know, just to check in. And he's like, hey, uh, we're trading you to Nashville. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So it kind of just got dropped on me like that quickly. Um, and then, you know, two, three days later, I'm packing up everything and I'm in Nashville already. And, you know, it happened that quickly. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. And then it was, the, the year kind of started. So I didn't really, I did preseason with Miami and then the season with Nashville. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it was a different adjustment. You know, I think um, being in preseason with a team is, is very important, you know, especially a new team. 
um because all the players on that team get to see you and especially the coach um so it, it was different because I, I don't think I, I was able to really win over the coach it was tough because mm-hmm. um, they had they had a starting right back so um it was kind of just competing throughout the year with him um and, and trying to gain the coach's trust um you know and kind of showing like oh hey why why you should be playing over this guy but um never quite really broke into the team it was tough. it was a very good team to be honest um we, we kind of fell short in the playoffs, but, um, yeah, it was a good team. And then I know towards the end of that year with Nashville, because I wasn't playing as much, I was maybe looking for a move, um, but I also would have been fine staying there. Um, and then my agent was telling me that maybe a move to Red Bulls was going to happen. So as that started coming more and more true, I was like, oh, it'd be pretty cool to uh, to head back home, um, you know, and to play with my brother. Um, so... It all happened. Maybe it all happened for a reason, but uh, nah, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be close to home um, and having a pretty good year this year, playing a decent amount of games and, and we're doing well as a team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's got to be awesome to play with uh, your, your older brother, Sean, one of your older brothers. Um, you guys yes. won, you know, a big high school state championship together. <laughs> and now you're playing at the highest stage of American soccer. I mean, that must be be special. Do you think about that sometimes? Like, Wow, this is this is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any any either of us would have you know imagined um, playing together in MLS. You know, I think it was definitely both of our dreams to to get to this level, um, but to be on the same team, I think, was just not even a thought. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I mean, literally the first question you know all media interviewers asked me when I first got here was like, "Oh, what's it like playing with your brother?" Yeah. Um, and it, it kind of just feels, you know, normal, you know, second nature. You know, we, we played together, like you said, in, in high school, maybe only for like two years together because I ended up playing academy um, and he stayed with Massapequa Club. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it felt natural. Um, and we ended up being pretty successful on the same team. So hopefully that's a, that's a good recipe is having uh, two Nielses on one team. Yeah. yeah sounds, I think so. It sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Um, I'd love to come back just a few things that you said, especially upon your path is um, it seems like how important the university route was for you. So how was that time for you to develop as a player, as a leader? Because I know you were a captain in your last years, too. And then you ultimately win a, a championship there as well. So what did that do? How did that help you prepare for the professional game? Yeah, I think I got super lucky with, you know, the coaching staff at Georgetown. Um, you know, one of the assistants really took, you know, great pride in, you know, kind of almost mentoring me and, you know, just really pushing me to to be my best. Um, very good coach, uh, Coach Samuel. He's now at American. Um, but yeah, he, he took a lot of pride in, you know, basically just fundamentals and, you know, stuff that I didn't know defensively because I was always kind of like a winger slash forward in, in the academy days and, um, you know, I made the transition to, to write back in college. So um, all that stuff was kind of new to me um, and he really helped my career. Um, so big shout out to him. Um, and then just, just as a whole, you know, I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of talented players from, from college university, you know, I played against Daryl DK in the national finals, who's mm-hmm. now making a name for himself over in England. Um a lot of there are talented players on my team, you know, Jacob Montez and Dante Povar are now overseas. Um, I don't know where, where Montez is, but Dante's at Aberdeen right now. Um, but yeah, I, I think 
some players it's it's not the right path some players it is um like i said earlier you know a lot of players are kind of stepping away from that they 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 kind of see playing homegrown and they kind of see that first contract and their eyes light up um maybe it's not the best case for them but you know it's hard to turn down that that first homegrown deal i'm sure for many of these young guys coming up now um yeah i, I think it was a it was a good step overall for me um i never really explored you know because I didn't play for a, an MLS academy, you know, going straight from academy to the pros. Um, I, when I was playing, that's, I mean, I say that I was as I, as I think I'm like 28 years old, but it's only a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, right. I think it was more common for guys my age, I'll say, to, to go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's changing now, but um yeah, I mean, I don't think it gets enough credit for for what it is. And if you end up at a good program, good coaches, good teammates, you you, you can definitely propel your career and, and improve drastically. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, just even talking with Sean on a few episodes from here, I think I think I wouldn't be the player I am today if I didn't go to college and have that competition and have the chance to work on my game. I don't think I think I probably wouldn't be playing if I didn't go to college. So. Like you said, it's just it's what's in the cards, what works for you at the time, and then really making the best of it, which is what it seems like you did. Yeah, yeah. and I think just, you know, outside of soccer, football, it just helps you mature. You know, there's a lot of – I've been in three different locker rooms now. There's a lot of young guys that you could just tell maybe could have used it a couple of years, you know, mm. going through the the roughs of it in college. Um, you know, I've almost it's almost like everything just got handed to them. Um, so – they kind of lose that like grittiness, that uh, that that eagerness to compete. You know, when you're you're going up against, you're a little freshman, you're going up against seniors. You know, it's like, oh wow, it's this is different now. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And what about that national championship? I mean, you were the captain. That game was crazy, three three into penalties. Yeah. I actually remember. I remember watching that too. Yeah. Uh, live, just a crazy experience. I can only imagine. As Sean and I, we we bowed out in the uh, the semis two years in a row. Just the feeling of winning something like that with like your closest friends as a senior. I mean, I, it had to be in something you'll, you'll never forget. Yeah, totally. I mean, it was uh, unbelievable. And, you know, I, I can't, still to this day kind of just can't really describe the feeling itself. It was just, um, you know, one you dream of, you know, it's kind of written in the stars, you know, working your way freshman year. And then, you know, your last year there, you, you end up winning it all. Um, and, that, and that's how you know you, you had a pretty successful season is when you win the last game possible. So, um, yeah, it was awesome. You know, the guys you you spend every day with, uh, train every day with, um, you know, just coming together to, to that final is unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would have liked it to be a little easier game, but I think for uh, for the fans and for people watching, it was It was good for us, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And we 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 play UVA every year, so it's kind of a familiar final. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think we just kind of got the better of them like like that day. Yeah, and then from there, you uh, you know, you make the transition to the professional game. You get a, a FaceTime from David Beckham, which is also just yeah. surreal. Um, you're selected third overall uh, in the draft uh, by Inter Miami with the likes of. Gonzalo Higuain, uh, World Cup winner in 2018, Blaise Matuidi. What was that like stepping into the professional game and the differences you found from from Georgetown to into Miami? I think the biggest, you know, and 
the one that comes to mind first is just the speed of play. Um, you know, all these guys just, they think quicker, they think better. And, you know, at the end of the day, they just are better, more technical um, and stuff like that. So just making that jump. Um, but, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, you belong in this league and, and could play in this league as well, you know, you're here for a reason. So just having that confidence that, you know, like you said, you can play with the likes of Blaze Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain and these other guys that are joining the league, these big names now, um, you know, just because they've had these unbelievable careers doesn't mean you can't be on the same field as them. Um, so just making that step and, and, and knowing it's going to be a quicker game, um, you're, you're going to make mistakes at this level. Um, but trying to minimize those is, is the guys that, that do really well. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was pretty surreal playing with those guys. Um, pretty, again, never would have thought I'd be sharing a locker room with them, but, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Was there any points during those times where you found it difficult to adjust where like the confidence would kind of go, or you felt like, I don't know, maybe you needed a little bit more time, especially in those early stages to adjust. Yeah, for sure. I think it was definitely kind of, uh, you know, almost a cycle where you, you kind of go on these flows of, um, you know, training good a couple, a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and then you'd kind of go, well, at least for me, I can't speak on anyone else, but I'd kind of go on like a couple of days where, you know, you have a bad day, maybe you get yelled at by a couple older veterans on the team and, you know, you try not to take it personal, but, you know, it kind of just hits different. So um, I've definitely been in those kind of slumps, but, you know, it's, can you, can you not, you know, dip so much, you know, can you not dip your confidence so much and, and kind, kind of stay, you know, in a constant level, but, yeah, it's tough. Um, you know, when you get yelled at by a couple of guys, you know, it's 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 easy to just fall and kind of just go into your own shell. But I think what makes players, you know, good is, you know, being able to take that criticism and, and responding to it. Um, but yeah, and, you know, and in the day you're you're kind of fighting for a job, you know, it's it's our jobs, you know, so um, it's it's tough to be tough to be friendly super friendly all the time you know it's at the end of the day you you want to compete you want to show everyone that you deserve that that starting job you know you're fighting for a new contract at the end of the day it all what it all comes down to um yeah it's just a different mindset and you know from college you know college you're with your buddies you know you're going to school together you're going out together afterwards you know it's a good time and then once you step to the pros it's like ah oh, all right these are like grown men you're, you're playing with and end of the day they're they're fighting for food on the table and for their families and stuff like that so it's it's just a different kind of mindset you gotta gotta okay. learn and adjust to did you feel any pressure being picked so high in the draft not really um yeah you know, I, I don't think it's similar to like you know the other american sports where the, these guys have are you know i think they're they have to like kind of change that program in a way, you know, these, these hot picks in, in these American sports, but um, no, I, I didn't, you know, I kind of just, you know, it's happy to get selected third and maybe could have gone higher. If uh, I know I was talking to Nashville a bit before the draft, but um, no, you know, I kind of just took it how it, how it was. And, you know, I just showed up down, down South and in, in Florida ready to work, you know, just, I, I didn't feel like I, I owed or like kind of just, anything was given to me. I, I think I just mm. had to you know, push to, to show, Hey, like this is why I was selected third. Um, mm. you know, I, I still had a lot to prove after the draft. Was there anyone in that locker room that kind of you learned from whether it was explicitly through directions or, you know, leading by example, uh, on the field, off the field mentality wise, like who really kind of did you learn from in the, in that transition phase? 
Yeah, I was lucky. There was um, a couple of really good veterans in that uh, Miami locker room. A.J. De La Garza, Lee Wynn, and Luis Robles were probably the three that um, I kind of stuck with the most when I first got there. You know, I thought it'd be a good idea to, you know, not hang out with the veterans, but, you know, get to know them, get to know the league, what, what it's like, any advice they have. But, um, yeah, A.J. De La Garza probably the most just because he was in my position. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been in the league for, I think, almost – 10 years now, maybe more. Um, yeah. So just talking to them every day, um, getting, getting, getting to know them. Uh, yeah. And is that how it works uh, in the MLS where a club can just trade you without basically your consent when you made the move uh, to Nashville? Yeah. I mean, I guess so. Right. I guess that's how I found out. Um, so I'd, I'd have to say yes. Um, usually, I think usually they'll, they'll give you a notice like, Hey, we're thinking of, you know, thinking of sending you away or we're thinking of trading you and, and they'll put, give you a little notice so you could prepare. Mm-hmm. But um, I think, yeah, this for me, it came pretty quick. I know other guys it's, it's been like that as well. And then I know other guys like, Hey, like have asked for a trade. Um, and others, there's been a little bit more communication, but yeah, I think just my scenario is a little bit different. Cause I think, uh, who was it recently? Just Julian Gressel was, uh, mm. was the latest. I, I remember scrolling through Twitter and like, uh, some news reporter said, uh, you know, confirmed like Julian Gressel heading to Vancouver. And then he, he quote tweeted it and said, wow, found out before me or something like that. So yeah. Wow. It is pretty wild. That is wild. I mean, so what is that mentality like of, of figuring it out? Because, I mean, we've talked about it too. Like, obviously, soccer is a game of opinions. And so if you're another team wants you, there's a confidence aspect in that where it's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm wanted here. Yeah. But this coach or this organization didn't see the future with me. How is that balance for you? I kind of enjoyed it. I think exactly what you said. You know, I, I think it kind of – kind of motivates me even more, you know, coming from the fact that, okay, this team didn't want me, you know, they, they don't believe in me in a way. Um, so going to that new team, you're like, all right, I want to make it known that like I belong in this league. And especially when he plays them again, it's like, Oh, like, yeah, I can't wait for this one. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, exactly what you said. I think it motivates me. Maybe it doesn't tell other people, but I get super excited about it. You know, I, it's a business at the end of the day. Um, definitely here in America and MLS, it's it's a business. So pretty cutthroat in that way, um, mm-hmm. how they handle with players. Um, but I I enjoyed it. You know, I wouldn't. It, it was difficult getting trade moving places, but in soccer aspects, um, I enjoyed it. You know, new new club, new organization. You know, and and a motivation to to show everyone why you still belong. Right, and then over the course of that season, uh, you mentioned earlier that. You didn't make many appearances for Nashville. How was that personally? And how did you kind of keep your head down, keep working? You know, maybe it's a game of opinions. Maybe you'll have to make a move to a new team the following season. But, you know, coming from Inter-Miami, where you actually did play often, then being Mm -hmm. traded, and then finding it hard to get into the team. Yeah, it's all you can do, really, is just put your head down and keep training every day. Um, You know, it's easy to kind of lose the plot and lose the picture. I'll be like, ah. There, there, I mean, there are some days I wouldn't even get rostered. Towards the end of the year, I think it was pretty pretty common. I, I wouldn't even get rostered, you know, on the 18, which is tough. You know, you, you kind of do – you feel like you train well. You feel like you train better than others. But you know, those guys are making the 18. 
I think, you know, it's kind of just comes down to the coach, um, whether you can win him over or not and, and gain his trust. Um, Cause that's what, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to pick their 18 that they want. But um, yeah, it was definitely tough. You know, I'd, I'd go home after training, just be super upset that, um, you know, I thought I did everything, but you know, next day I'm all right, what more can I do? You know, how can I, how can I be better in training the next day was always my thought. And, um, you know, I thought I always did enough, but I guess not at the end of the day. So maybe that move was best for me at the end of that year. Um, but yeah, again, definitely, definitely tough. You, you definitely like what, what, what we said earlier with, you know, going through those cycles of you're feeling good and then, you know, you're not, you know, you're, you're, you're questioning your confidence and stuff like that. But I think for guys that can kind of stay at that peak of being confident, you know, whether, you know, even when the going gets tough is, uh, kind of shows, you know, shows the best in players. Mm. I think there's a lot to take, especially in hindsight, obviously, it's a learning experience. But during, I think players find it's very hard to keep the joy in training and playing when, you know, you're putting in all this work and it's not being reciprocated. Did you kind yeah. of find that too? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, obviously, again, taking a step back, I, I play soccer for a living. It's it's very hard to not be grateful, but in the moment, yeah. it can be hard to, to find that joy. Did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, I lost the joy, but um, I think the difference was, you know, after, like, when training was done and say we had a game, like, in two days and, you know, the starting 11 is preparing on one side of the field and the guys who aren't in the 11 are – you know, doing like a 5v5 or, or doing some other drill. Um, so, you know, when you're kind of out of that picture, that's kind of when it hits you and you're like, you get super bummed out, super upset. Um, I think in that moment for me, but then, you know, the, the next day in training, I, I think it kind of just restarts. You know, I think I don't let that affect me because then I think, like you said, some guys just they downward spiral and their, their attitude changes. You know, I've been um, I've had a couple of teammates where that happens where, you know, they don't get selected for, for the game day roster, you know, maybe two, three games in a row. And, you know, you could see their, their whole attitude changes and they just become kind of difficult to deal with, you know, difficult to, to play with um, bad, bad teammates in, in the locker room. But I think for me, it's kind of the opposite. You know, I kind of just kept, kept working hard, um, was waiting for the opportunity. Um, and But it never really came. I mean, it, it did a little bit, but um, not as much as I wanted it to, obviously, but um yeah I don't think I ever lost that joy you know I just I loved playing um each and every day like you said I was, I was grateful to to be that kind of so- soccer player that nine to five soccer player um mm-hmm. but yeah you know it, it's um yeah I, I'd say I never lost that joy of, of playing yeah I mean I think those are some great tips also for for players going through those spells because uh if you push the levels ultimately they will happen to you if you're on a team where the level mm-hmm. is higher than you're currently. It'll happen. But now that you've gone through it, uh, maybe it's set up for you to have a very successful season this year with uh, the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely important because um, there's going to be days that you're not playing at your best. There's going to be you know weeks that you're not playing at your best, and they're always going to try and find someone to bring in. You know, there's there's new players coming in everywhere, so um, you know you might not always be the best, but. At your position, you know, technically, but you know, maybe you, you work harder than that guy they brought in or or stuff like yeah. that. But yeah, I think just just having a, a strong strong attitude is is definitely key, um, especially in, you know in, in the pro level, having that 
killer mm-hmm. attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I definitely think also to bring in um, some type of balance. I mean, when things like this are, are not working out in your favorites, it's good to be able to switch off from soccer. Do you have anything that you, you kind of, you do outside of the game that, you know, kind of alleviates maybe some of the, the pressures or, you know, some of the difficulties that you feel day in, day out? Um, maybe golf. Golf is nice. the, the Which can be stressful as shit too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm actually not, I have a lot of buddies that are, that are good and that I play with, but I'm still at that level. I just go for fun, you know, no matter how Perfect, bad I yeah. should play. Um, I don't, I don't mind, you know, hitting, hitting the ball in, in the woods four times. You know, it's, it's funny to me, so I enjoy it. Um, whereas like some guys, they get so pissed. I'm like, all right, like, I'm, I'm not at that level. I don't think I'll be at that level anytime soon. Um, so yeah, quick, quick answer to that golf, but, um, you know, in the apartment, not, nothing really. I know some guys, like a lot of guys like to play video games and stuff like that. Um, I was big into that, but, but not really anymore. Um, reading reading's another one but um yeah I, i'll go with golf for that one oh, yeah we like it what about kind of um that balance between putting in the extra work and then overtraining it's something that i think is a big thing now there's you see a lot of different grind cultures out there which is amazing stuff but in the same way it has to be smart you have to be clever in it how do you kind of find your own balance where especially if you want to put in extra work to make sure that you're starting but then also knowing, okay, I have to be healthy, fit, and ready to play when I'm when it's my turn. Yeah, I've actually kind of experienced both with Miami and Nashville. Um, Miami was, you know, Diego Alonso was was the coach there, very South American, you know, um, and his coaching staff were all South American. Just kind of that that um, attitude or, or coaching style. We we trained for maybe you know an hour the most. And that was kind of it. They were very, you know, protective of what we did, extra stuff we did, um, especially leading up to games. You know, if if guys wanted to play two touch or do some extra, they were very like quick to be like, uh, like just head inside. You know, mm-hmm. your day's kind of over. But with Nashville, it was kind of the complete opposite. It was kind of very old school English, like always extra work beforehand and after. Um, you know, beforehand it was usually you know depending on positioning, but um, mine was like crossing, taking guys one v one taking guys on one V one and crossing the ball into the box. And then afterwards was kind of the same thing, you know, defending one V ones, attacking one V ones. Um, and it was all about extra work. So I, I got to experience both ends of the spectrum. Um, which one I prefer, you know, I'm not sure, but um, I, like you said, it, it is very interesting. You know, everyone has their kind of you know, viewpoint opinion on, on what's too much, what's too little. Um mm. I, I think, you know, doing, doing a little extra is maybe the way to go. You know, there's always something you could fine tune, something you could work on. Um, so I always think it's it's best to, you know, whether it's five or ten balls, you know, I'm an outside back, so I'll whip in five, ten balls at the end of the train mm-hmm. just, just to get that touch, just to get that feel or, you know, do a little dribbling circuit and, and, a, and a cross. Um, that's just my opinion, whether um, – I know some guys, I know um, – Bradley Wright Phillips, who was you know forward for Red Bulls for a long time, scored tons of goals. He would never do um, finishing drills at the end of, after training because he he felt as if he, if he didn't score enough in training, he he didn't work hard enough, or he didn't you know find the right opportunities in training, so he didn't deserve to do extra work afterwards. 
Um, so wow. he kind of had a totally different mindset of as if it didn't come in training, then I'm not going to do it ever because I didn't work hard enough, which I, I found out this year because obviously making the move here, but I thought it was very interesting too. Yeah. It is. Never heard something like that. But like you said, I mean, it, it, I like it. Yeah. everyone has their own thing that works. Obviously, he's had a very successful career. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, I guess finding finding what works best for you. Now, Dylan, walk us through a day in the life. What is the day in the life uh, of a training day and a day in the life on a game day? Training day. So um, they'll tell us when to report. So ours is usually like get in at nine for 10 o'clock training, usually an hour before. Um, so I'll, I'll drive um, 30, 45 minutes um, to the training facility from where I am here. Um, other teams, it's um, close. It's not always that long. In Miami, it was like 10 minutes. Nashville is like 20. So just depending on how far you live from, from your training facility, um, I'll get in, you know, get dressed. They, they offer breakfast. I'm not a huge breakfast guy, but um, a lot of guys just relax and eat breakfast beforehand. And then um, some guys will do like rehab, you know, foam rolling, stretching in, in, in the gym. And then we'll usually have film almost every day, you know, the dreadful film um, meeting that everyone hates. Uh, they could be quick or they could go on forever. Um, and then <laughs> it always depends if it's, you know, after depends the on the results, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it's either good or bad. So, uh, but usually every day is film, you know, I think we, we throw a party when they tell us there's no film the day because um, we could just go straight out onto the field. Um so we have film and then we'll usually go back to the gym and a little like activation and then head out, um, train for training. Isn't too long. I mean, but, um, we'll, we'll train for like an hour, hour, 25, hour and a half. Um, and then after training, it's, it's kind of up to you. You can, you could do whatever. Um, some guys like working out every day. Some guys only like working out some days in the gym after training. Um, some don't work out at all. It's just, um, who they are, but, uh, or you could see the trainers, you could do some, some recovery with them. Um, and yeah, and then just, just have lunch there as well. Um, do your own thing and then head home, whatever. Um, and then home, I kind of, I always tell myself I want to start getting into a rhythm of something, but I usually just always end up on my couch. Um, and it's tough to get off once I'm on. So, um, yeah, I think life outside of, soccer is is not boring but just kind of the same thing every day i just get in that rhythm um and then just dinner on my own i'll, I'll either you know make some or, or go out and find you know chipotle or something something easy um, you have any specialties you have a, a signature dylan nealis dish not really i'm pretty like i can have the same thing every night um but um whether it's chipotle or, or, or not but sometimes i'll switch it up but i'm very you know very easy going same thing every night um we have to get you a chipotle that's, sponsorship that's that, that, yeah, you know, that's yeah. got to be the next thing um and then day of game <clears throat> i usually like to sleep in if it's a later game <clears throat> um so i'll sleep in and have my first meal you know around you know noon one o'clock um just because I, I really don't like to eat breakfast. I don't like to eat too heavy. Um, same with training days. I don't really eat breakfast. Just, you know, maybe a granola bar and that's it. Um, Is it also Chipotle so, on game day? No, it's not. It's uh, it's more like pasta and mm. and my own chicken. Uh, more more carbs, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get to get to the the, uh, the arena maybe an hour half, an hour or hour and a half before two hours, um, just kind of do your thing, you know, foam roll, you know, stretch, just watch TV, um, watch clips of the other team, whatever, whatever guys do. 
and then showtime. Hmm. Amazing. There's another thing. Um, I feel like we might have talked to your brother about it too. It's such an interesting thing and so specific to American soccer because the U.S. is so big. Is just this traveling, the amount of traveling, the amount of distance in the MLS is just crazy. Different time zones. You can go from LA to New York and play in a few days. How do you cope and adjust with that and still be able to perform on the field? Because it can be so mentally and physically draining. Yeah, it is draining. But I think, you know, being an American, it's kind of like the norm. Um, I think for Europeans, it'd be very difficult, you know, especially guys that aren't in the league and, you know, could hear about the the travel. It's like, oh, you, you travel four hours in a plane, you know, to go play a game where, you know, some of these teams in Europe could just bus or, or something like that. Um. Yeah, so to me, it was kind of normal. It was kind of what I grew up watching. It was like I kind of knew that you know New York would play in California and, and have to deal with that. But um, it is tough to deal with um, whether I knew it was the norm or not. You know, just like Wednesday night, um, we got in at like 2 a.m. It's it, it changed. I never – before I was in the league, it, it used to be commercial flights, but with COVID, um, MLS um, – got to deal with this private airlines uh i don't forget the name of it but so every team charter has been chartering the past few years so it's been extremely nice we kind of just drive up to the to the plane and and just jump straight on where whereas we would kind of take a flight as like a normal person you know go through security and all that so i can't imagine what that was like you know the time with that and and sitting in an airport terminal with like all these fans coming in stuff like that yeah so i can't maybe sean could tell you more on that but uh when I first got in the league, it was all kind of charters. So I kind of have been getting spoiled. So travel has been easy for me, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's tough. I mean, going, going before the, the day before the game, we'll, we'll travel, um, you know, you're flying three, three hours, probably less, but um, you know, some, some teams on the, on the, in the Western conference definitely travel a bit more just because they're more spread out. Um, the Eastern conference, they're, they're more kind of on the East coast. So it helps, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. And then, um, but you know, every team has to deal with it. So it's not like you're a disadvantage or advantage. Um, True. I think, you know, may, I don't know why, but I think, I don't know if this has to do with it, but I think it may increase the difficulty of, you know, getting points on the road. I think this is a very tough league to, to get points on the road. It's, it's very hard to win away from home. Um, whether travel has to do with it or not, I don't know, but um, that's just something I feel. Mm. You mentioned it way back in the beginning about the um, the 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 bubble in the in Orlando. What did that feel like? Was that just like one giant summer camp? I mean, that, yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool to be fair. I know some guys had had different viewpoints on it. I kind of being being a young guy, I was like, yeah, sure, let's all go to Disney World and play soccer together. <laughs> It was like the uh, the ESPN Worldwide Tournament back in the right. day. Um, yeah. Everyone on the same field training together. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Obviously, it was it was weird because of COVID. You know, everyone was worried about COVID, so um, nobody knew like what was going on really. Because some teams you had to test every day, you had to wear your mask every day. Some teams like couldn't even leave their hotel. I know Nashville had like a huge breakout, so. Like some guys couldn't leave their hotel rooms. They were just getting meals dropped off at their door. Um, so some guys had a very different view on it than others because it's either you didn't have COVID and got to play every day and, and walk out 
in you know florida sun and, and relax or just stay in your hotel room and mm. kind of do nothing every day so um, i think it depends who you ask but i loved it um obviously i wish we kind of did better um but it was cool it was, it was a cool like little format i know there were like rumors of like hey why don't we do this every year um but it was, it was yeah it was like like back in the days you know playing as a kid you know yeah. playing that tournament tournament yeah. style and playing saturday sunday and it just had that kind of vibe to it it, it was cool i enjoyed it yeah must have been orange slices at halftime <laughs> i was thinking yeah. the same thing yeah under the tent yeah chilling uh what are some of the biggest things you've learned since being in the league this is now your your third season yeah oh man it's a could go anywhere with that question. Um, <laughs> I think just just being confident, you know, and because like I said, you know, there's everyone's super talented. Um, there's kind of you know, the only difference in, in some guys is you know is is minuscule, very different. Um, so um, being playing with confidence is huge. You know, some guys go in that slump, like we talked about earlier, could, and that slump could really affect them. Um, but I think if if your confidence and, and maybe a slight arrogance, you know, feeling good about yourself, you know, not being cocky and stuff like that. But I think you need to have that arrogance in you a little bit where you could show it at sometimes because, you know, I think that's what, what will get you out of those slumps um, is, you know, telling yourself, all right, yeah, I belong here. I can I can take two guys on at once and, you know, and, and find a nice pass or, or finish. Um, but, yeah, I think biggest thing is confidence because um, a lot of talented players here, there's, there's guys that are going to beat you. You know, I get I get beat some days being as a defender, um, you know, but not to let it affect you too much and just kind of move on to the next play and stuff like that. And what about positionally? Because, uh, you know, you have played center back next to Sean, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, is that new for you uh, as a center back? I mean, you grew up as a as a more of an offensive player. I could have sworn yeah, to in the Massapequa days. I remember I was there one summer, you were playing center mid too. So I feel like... I yeah. know you've been all you've been all over the field. I think I can play anywhere, honestly. If if a coach rolls me out and puts me anywhere, I think I can handle myself and you know do pretty well and succeed. I think that's just who I am as a player. You know, having that intelligence and kind of I think the biggest thing is you know just that skill set of being able to play anywhere. Um, and I think that's what's helped my career. Obviously, you know, if I ha- haven't been able to play center back, you know, I think a lot of games this year I wouldn't have been on the field. But being able to to be versatile and, and play in multiple positions has definitely helped me. Um, I, it started in college. You know, I made that transition to, to right back. I started at left back, though, my freshman year. And then um, the, the the right back moved up to, to the midfield. So I, I, I slid over to the right back. So, um, you know, it started in, in college. I made that transition. Um, I was always a, a winger, attacker. You know, I, if I had to pick, pick a position, it'd be left wing, just – cutting in, going at guys. Um, so I, I still try and relive those glory days sometimes when I'm in the attacking <laughs> third. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's helped me a bunch. Um, I'm, I'm confident in center back and outside back. Um, I, I trained it a bit in Nashville, actually, you know, being not being with the starting 11, you know, we always needed guys in, in other positions. So, you know, not everyone will play their position when you're, you're being like the the team scout, you know, you're being mm-hmm. the other team. So there are, were times I've, I found myself in, in center back and I enjoyed it. You know, time on the ball could pick out passes that you want and just, you know, control on the back line. Um, so yeah. I, and I knew 
um, the first game this year, we were kind of slim with, with injuries. So and the coach came up to me and was like, have you ever trained center back? I was like, yeah, I know I have a decent amount. So I think that kind of put some confidence in him because then, you know, the first game at San Jose away, you know, I was playing left center back in a back three. So, and, and did pretty well. So I think he was happy with it. I was, you know, to show him that, um, you know, I could play these other positions because um, like in Nashville, Nashville, the coach knew I could play other positions, but he would never put me there in a game. But Red Bull here at Red Bull, you know, I I, I com- almost had to play center back there. And we, we won 3-1, did well. So he's like, okay, like, yeah, maybe he could play there. You know, I could trust him there, you know, in certain scenarios. So I think mm-hmm. I've almost played more games, you know, this year as center back than I have as, you know, wing back or outside back, which, you know, I'm not mad about prolong the career you know less running so it's <laughs> a good point yeah exactly absolutely and i think i mean just to add on to your guys points i think especially i just feel like the the game is becoming more tactically fluid where the there's different changes in formations in game too where it just it becomes so much like this i think it's very important to be versatile as the game goes forward so being able to kind of be able to switch on the fly and have the confidence to do so i think just makes you you know, just available for a coach at any time. Oh, yeah, it's huge. Um, and I think even, like, another thing, like, if a team is scouting and, and they see, you know, me, they're like, oh, like, I don't know where he's going to play. He could play, you know, left center back or he can be playing right wing back this game. I, I don't know what formation they're going to play, you know, and stuff like that. So, it, yeah, it definitely gets interesting. But, yeah, definitely what you said, you know, just being available to the coach, you know, you know, knowing mm-hmm. you're his guy, if any of any one of those positions, someone gets hurt, someone needs a sub, you know, you can fulfill any of those spots. And I think it's, it's a good message to, for young kids, you know, being able to play multiple positions, don't really specific specify yourself in, you know, one area. Yeah, absolutely. Just even two more examples. And um, just from new signings in the Premier League too. the uh, Fabio, I can't remember his last name. I think it's Fabio for, for Arsenal, Sean. You know the new Vieira. guy that they signed for Fabio Vieira, yeah, yeah, Vieira. He he's literally played everywhere from left back to right wing, and same with the left back that the that City just signed. He's played in Netherlands and center mid and left wing and left back and right mid too. So I think it just goes to show for kids that you don't really have to just train one position all the time. I mean, it helps. Obviously, you want to be especially as you know you're going to play more right back or center back throughout a year you want to work on those things you want to take the balls out and make the crosses but it's it's very important i think to be positionally fluid and then be empathetic and i don't know when you're watching film or something just to understand these positions because you never know what you can take or what another coach may see like you said yeah yeah totally like even um if i make the transition to the left side i know my left foot is not great but you know, just being like, all right, I'm going to handle myself. I'm going to do whatever I can to you know, s- succeed in this, in this spot, you know, not, not like, oh man, you're putting me on the left side and like getting super mm-hmm. upset, but like mm-hmm. just having that different, different attitude, different mentality is, it would, is huge. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Just adapting. I mean, speaking on that mentally adapting, um, have you had any, like, what, what would you say is one of your biggest hurdles so far in your career? How do you look back on it, like how you handled it, and would you have changed something? Yeah, I, maybe I'll go with like that kind of Nashville season as a whole. Just that's the one that popped up quickly. Um, trying to think of anything else. Um, I mean, another hurdle, just like when I first came into the league, you know, dealing with older, experienced guys, you know, in my position, 
you know, I always was like, okay, how am I going to beat them out? How am I going to show to the coach that, you know, um, you know, I deserve to be playing over these guys um, just that, just that quickly. But um, yeah, I think just dealing with adversity, you know, like in Nashville and you know, not, not getting selected to the team, not being, you know, the first choice. Um, like we said earlier, just keeping your head down and working hard, you know, what more can you do? I think mm-hmm. that that's the moment where, you know, you could be doing extra stuff, you know, grab an assistant coach, you know, there's nothing more that they would like is than to do some extra work with you. You know, that's also their job is, is to help you. So they're, they're not going to turn you down and say no. So you're like, Hey, can, can we go, you know, can you hit me some balls and I can work on my first touch and, you know, playing into space and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, ask for help, you know, ask for what more you can do. Um, you know, I think ask yourself that first, you know, and then, and then go from there, you know, ask, ask the coach what he thinks. Cause it's, it's always good to get, get another viewpoint on, on what they're seeing. Cause maybe, maybe you feel like you're, you're doing well in an area, but you know, he, he's seeing something else. So, um, so yeah, I think just, just ask for help when, when, when that time comes. I love that. Now we talk about having a direction and not an, an end goal or not an end point. So where are you now and what directions do you want to go? Now, I, th- I think, you know, maybe hopefully I, I found a home in, in New York, um, you know, having a, a pretty good year. There's, there's always more I can do. I feel like um, there's some games that I've struggled, um, you know, and, and maybe not have, have had the greatest game. Um, but yeah, you know, hopefully I, I, I'd like to think that, you know, my, my travel has, has come to an end. Um, you know, three different places in three different years. Um, while it was quite fun, but you know, I, I think I'd like to to settle down in one place for for a little bit longer. But um, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, I could see myself being here for for a couple of years. Um, and I, I think everyone's goal is kind of just national team. That's that's what everyone kind of strives for. Whether I'm there ready or not, maybe probably not. But can I work to get there? Yeah, I think a hundred percent. You know. I, I'm playing with guys that are on national teams, you know, Aaron Long, the U.S., Christian Caceres with Venezuela. And I've played with guys on, on prior teams that, that are with the national team. So, you know, being around these guys day in and day out kind of helps. You could, you know, you could see their habits, their, their, their tendencies as pros and players of their na- respective national teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of the end goal for anybody playing right now is, you know, what more do you want than, than being able to play for your national team? Um, I think that's just a goal of mine, um, whether, you know, like I said earlier, am I ready for it? Probably not now, but I think I can definitely get there at some point. Love that. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to head into our fast feet round, the legendary footwork fast feet. So a little quick fire questions here. First one, favorite player growing up? Uh, one that comes quick is just, you know, Messi versus Ronaldo. I'll go with Messi, but um, if we're getting more detailed, I think, more of like a, a Joshua Kimmich, um, just si- similar position. He's again one of those versatile guys that could play anyone. Mm-hmm. Favorite moment in football? Uh, for myself or like watching yourself? I'd say winning that national championship uh, with Georgetown was definitely tops it off. Most difficult moment? Um, Difficult. I'll go with. I feel like we keep talking about it. I don't want to keep bringing it up with Nashville, but that's <laughs> <laughs> um, right. That's the last time. Yeah, we'll it. yeah, it's the last time. <laughs> um, I, I'm not gonna say that. Then I'm, I'm gonna change my change my answers. Um, difficult moment. Um, 
I hope you aren't expecting a, a quick response with these, these fast feet. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, hmm. did, you ever, did you ever miss a, a penalty or or? Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I'm thinking too much into this, but uh, he's digging uh, deep in the library right now. I know it's just everything. <laughs> everything goes back to Nashville. So. <laughs> Uh, we can we can move on from this yeah. one. We've we've talked about. I'll, I'll just I'll just go with like back. you know someone like a like someone uh, like a, like an older not an older guy but just someone else getting selected in, in your spot you know come come game day like someone yeah. you know mm-hmm. dealing with that you know it's because because you still want to have a good relationship with them obviously you're not gonna mm-hmm. like, just totally screw them off and be like I hate you like you're in my spot like no like you, you're gonna have a good relationship with them and I think that's what. But I've had in, in years past, you know, guys that have been in my position, I've, I've still been super close with them. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it is difficult because you want to be friends with them, but you also want to hate them because, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. they're they're in your spot. They're, they're right. taking your job. So, yeah. so we healthy, got there. But healthy we got there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Best advice you ever received? Um, again, I said earlier. I'm sorry. I'm I'm saying the same things over and over, but I think it's good. It's like a good wrap up, you know. Yeah. It's like the, yeah. it's the spark notes at the end. I think I think you know, saying saying confident. Um, you know, when you're playing at your best, you know, you can feel like you can take anybody on. You, you can defend against anybody. Um, you know, you kind of encourage you like, hey, take me on. Like you're not going to beat me. So I think confidence. If if confidence is sky high, then you know, then you're probably going to be one of the best guys on on training that day. Favorite place you've lived. Ooh, I'll go with Nashville on this one. Love Nashville. Nice, yeah. nice, yeah. Yeah. A nice one eighty. Um, no, but like I, I mean, I've been getting lucky with the cities I've been in: Miami, yeah. Nashville, and now New York, Great New series. Jersey. So, um, can't really complain on, on that front. But uh, yeah. yeah, nice. Best player you've ever played against? Against? I'll go. Ooh, we, I mean, we just played Barca in a friendly, so I'll go with oh, yeah. Lewandowski. Yeah, that was sick. How yeah, was that? What? What? Yeah, what set that apart to like? This doesn't have to be a, a fast feed answer. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing really well at fast feed answers anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, so Harry Maguire steps. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just, I mean, they're so good on the ball. I mean, they're, they're just so good. Um, like even even like Red, like Red Bull way, we, we, we came out wanting to press them. We're like, all right, like we're not going to sit back and defend in a, in a block of two fours but like all right we're gonna press them from goal kicks from anything um and i think if, if you watch like the first 10 kind of 15 minutes closely they're kind of like caught by surprise because mm-hmm. we were just flying at them you know coming into tackles and stuff and it was a friendly obviously but I mean, not to us you know we wanted to show like show them what we're all yeah, about of um, yeah. uh, but they could pass out of anything they could dribble out of anything just their first touch so clean mm-hmm. um i mean and everywhere on the field uh, just so good i mean i we just kind of did like two teams, one half, one team, and second half, different team. I, I got to watch this in the first half. I'm just sitting on, on the bench. Just, I have the best seat in the house just watching these guys. Um, it, it was a pretty unbelievable experience. Who impressed you the most? Um, I'd say Frankie de Jong was pretty good. Um, just dribbling out of pressure every time. Um, yeah, just like can't press that guy. Yeah. Um, but even like the little guys, like Pedri and Gavi on that on that team, like oh, just so hard to get close to. I'm just spinning, mm. turning around. Um, yeah, and I mean even Lewandowski was maybe his first game with them, but um, just so clean. he can do it all. Hold up play, running behind. 
yeah, just end of the day, they're they're very good. Levels <laughs> makes sense. One experience though. Yeah, um, it, was awesome. it, was, it was totally different playing against them too. You know, first half I was watching them, and someone hits a through ball, and I'm you know I'm chasing with a bombing, which I would have never thought. You know, I thought he was lightning quick, but you know, turns out I'm kind of similar similar speed. So nice. Um, hey. But then him him control, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe I could run with these guys. Can't play with them. Maybe I'll run with them. But um, <laughs> the fitness, yeah. Um, and then just having him like you know dribble at me, you know, coming out. I would say I probably fo- that was like the most game I've like focused to be like good in everything. You know, I, mm. I didn't want to be a highlight tape. You know, the next day. So um, just having that focus in in every little play. It just shows, too, because, I mean, you're at a level in the MLS, which is just unbelievable in itself. And there's millions of of kids that want to be in the spot that you are. And then for you to even look up even higher, is just crazy to see the levels in the sport. It's just the amount of training and, and background that these guys have. And just like you said, these little guys who can just spin you. They're yeah. five, four, you know, or whatever, but it doesn't matter. They're finding the space and they, they have the uh-huh. touch. It's crazy. We're going to go on to um, best player you ever played with now. I'll go Gonzalo Higuain. Very good. I'll, I'll never forget. Sorry if, if these are supposed to be quick, but I'll, I'll tell a backstory. No, we like stories too. Yeah. We like stories. Uh, um, his first th- – so he he kind of joined Miami kind of mid-year. Um, so we we're kind of still in, during, um, in our season. Um, so I forget who we played, but we had a game and then he joined training because, you know, the guys that don't play will usually do like a, a 66 the day after while the guys who played will do like a regen session. So he he played in, in like the 66 and I think maybe, you know, 25, 20 yards long, just 66, no restrictions, just playing. This guy would just take the ball, two touch, finish. And then, you know, kind of if you score, you, you keep it. So you would just go get the next one, finish. I've never seen you know someone finish so left foot, right foot. Next one he'll, he'll, he'll chop you, and the guy will be sliding you know five yards away and just finish with his left foot. I was like, wow! When when this guy came, it was it was pretty unbelievable. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I could see it. What about Matuidi? How was he? I mean, he just came off winning the World Cup, and he played an integral part in that team. Yeah, he uh, he was he was. I mean, again, very good. Um, I think what got him to like where he is is just he's very smart on the field you know mm-hmm. always knows where he is always knows where the next pass is going and stuff like that um and i think it was different here he for us he kind of played as like a six as an eight but i think you know the, those france teams he was like playing out wide mm-hmm. and just like so good at pressing guys um but yeah another guy was pretty pretty versatile as well yeah awesome favorite favorite away stadium i'll go this year at Austin FC, um, electric. Heard, yeah. Cool. Yeah, very, very fun place to play. If you weren't a footballer or soccer player, what would you be? Um, maybe a coach, but um, if I if I couldn't do soccer at all, I, I maybe just somewhere in the business world, maybe finance guy. Hate to say it, but it could be a reality. <laughs> and yeah, another in another universe, huh? another dimension. Yeah. Favorite book? Um, I'll go Mind Gym. It's uh, it yeah. just talks about you know how you can how you can gain an advantage you know mentally over some guys. 
Someone has mine right now, but I do have mine, Jim. I don't know yeah. where it's at. Someone, I lent it to someone. Legendary book. How about uh, any quotes or mantras that you live by? Um, not really, but if I did think of one, it'd probably be, you know, like ask yourself if what you're doing today is getting you closer to where you want to be tomorrow. So I like that brilliant. one. Yeah. Ooh. Good, good to live. Good, good to live by. Absolutely. That. that was a great feet round. We're, we're not going to bring the, bring the, uh, the adjective. But we yeah, love the stories. We stopwatch on, on that one. <laughs> no, no. We, we forgot no, it at no. home. We just feel like the guests, maybe, you know, we've we've uh, hit them with so many deep questions that maybe they want a few softballs or something like that, you know, but we love the stories, but uh, just to yeah. hear to hear about like what a player like Iguain can do and bring to a game like that's exactly yeah. what I um, I want to hear, too. Yeah, it would have been so dry. If I was just like Iguain next. Yeah. So, yeah, I, <laughs> exactly. I completely agree. Uh, he knows he knows podcasts. He knows exactly. more. Yeah, let, let let the guys you have on in the future. Let them know. You know yeah, honestly, Dylan has set a high standard. He first asked landscape or portrait. I mean, he he's uh he's he's up there. Up there. Dylan, we want to thank you so much for coming on, man. It was uh it was super nice to talk with you. Um we can't wait to follow along for the rest of the season. Support, you know, and uh yeah, thanks again. It, it, it was it was a pleasure for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was an awesome time. Uh, again, hopefully I uh, answered everything and in a timely manner. But uh, yeah, this, was, <laughs> this was awesome. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you, Dylan. Any, anything for long for long, fellow Long Islanders? You're damn right. Dylan's an upstater. He's gonna uh, I spend a, I spend a summer goes. there. I spend a summer there on loan. So <laughs> nah, honorary, honorary. <laughs> Funny. We got the uh, the Nealus one two yes. punch. I love to one, see it. We got the, the Nealus brothers. The older brother played too, didn't he? Yeah, he got he got drafted by Houston Dynamo, but then he actually got hit, injured in preseason. He played for the Cosmos actually when they were in okay, the NASL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then yeah, kind of a shorter career because of injury and stuff. But amazing. Yeah, I mean, just like to to have both brothers on and just kind of see that they're where their path t- took them and then how they kind of are merging in this time is, is great to, great to hear. And it was fascinating to get his, his take on being such a high draft pick, you know, working with the likes of an Iguain under the, the management of a David Beckham, you know, these names that ring in the history of, of football, you know, it's just, it's crazy to see someone who's dealt with that pressure. I think in a very good way, didn't feel like he owed it to anyone. You know, he knew that he got there because of his work and what he put into the game. And so he he didn't necessarily focus on what everyone else wanted back from him. And yeah, maybe some some opportunities didn't work out so well for him. But um, it seems like he likes the, the, the advantage of a new opportunity, a fresh, clean start. And I think that's a great thing for young players to take on because game of opinions, you've heard it a million times. But that should ring true where the next coach could favor you a little bit more, get your chance. You know, you get that confidence, you have that confidence, and he's got big goals, big directions to head towards. And, you know, I hope, I really hope he gets there. Yeah, exactly. It's always interesting, too, to have MLS guys on because, uh, yeah, kind of the way the league is set up. And, like, for him, he he went from playing it into Miami, then he gets traded without knowing, basically. Has a rough year, only appears three times for the team. Um, and then now at Red Bulls, he's doing well back in his in home state, home city. 
um yeah and he's having a, a good career a good season this year and they're doing well as a team mm-hmm. um and yeah just so awesome that him and his brother get to play together i think that's that's yeah it's so cool fantastic. could you imagine like just me i'm just zach williams over at center defensive mid and me at, <laughs> me at the eight it's just that picture i mean i can't imagine what the family feels like you know yeah. you go to a game and you right. see two sons playing next to each other in the yeah. highest league in the usa i think yeah I'm sure they're tired of hearing about it. Like, I mean, I'm, I know they probably got half sure of the media ate it out. Yeah. The media ate it up. It's such a great story. But in the end, like just reflecting on that, I mean, thinking about where they've come from winning a state championship, um, you know, him winning a university national championship, going to play with each other. Massive. Very cool. Yeah. Very interesting path. Very interesting guests. Love to to dive into some of those moments. And uh, yeah, another one I, I definitely think a couple years we'll see on this podcast again, hopefully. Um, and we might have to change the, the fast feet to just the, the footwork <laughs> questions or something. Because some of those questions need those answers. They need you know, the story behind it. Exactly. Like we ate that up. Like I told like in that second, I forgot that they had played Barca. Like, you know, and I watched right. that. I watched that game and it was yeah, fantastic we dro- I mean, we, to watch. We dropped the ball on that. We, we did drop the ball on and that. And thank God That's, he brought that up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you wanna, thank you for doing you want a job, job here. You want a job here. Um, yeah, but I mean, like, love to hear the insight of things like that. And, you know, from players who've made it at such a high level that Sean and I have dreamed about of making, you know, and hearing similarities and, and how we approach the sport is just what makes, I think, this podcast so special and makes these conversations so special. So thanks again to Dylan. Shout out to Sean again. Shout outs to uh, to Red Bulls. Hopefully, you know, this 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 season they reach the heights and grab some silverware. And, uh, yeah, we'll be watching. Make sure you follow him on on Twitter and Instagram and, and support. Yeah. Strong Island, you hurt. Yeah. And continue that free support with the pod. Subscribe on YouTube. Check out uh, the website, footwork.club, for everything mm-hmm. footwork. Recent uh, article, is it, post about some should copper be, drops? It should be out. It should be. Yeah, the copper drop is live. I'm just going to say that. I've been waiting on freaking Wagsy for his <laughs> picks. Um, but the deadline is there, and you'll make sure you know pick up your copy online, your, your yeah. online copy. <laughs> Tell us what you would copper drop, what we got wrong. And, yeah, like Sean said, the free support means the world. This is episode 99, so you know the next one is going to be special. Um, so look out for that. Look out for more on the website. You know, young aspiring players, make sure you reach out. Let's connect uh, and keep building the community. Yeah, yeah. Footwork 2020. So until next time, keep moving forward, keep learning, and make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed me up
I mean, he can just he can just mash it together, so it's fine. 